Hello, everyone. This is Isaac Petrie. Welcome to the podcast. Be ready to be encouraged and enlightened as we discuss spiritual solutions for everyday life. I believe like never before, this word is for those that are watching and those that are in the house. It's for this church. It's for the calling of this church. And tonight, I'm going to be very deliberate. I'm going to make sure I don't get caught up <laughs> because I can do that. And I'm going to make sure I get through all of these points at a great pace so you can have this information to go home with. But here's what I want you to believe tonight. I want you to believe that God will unlock a faith for provision in you that is a sustainable, maintainable permanent impartation in your heart and life that God wants you provided for in such an abundant way that you can abound to every good work. And so, Father, tonight we receive that. So, Holy Spirit, we're open to it. And in Jesus' name, amen. amen. We got it. We got it tonight. Go to Proverbs chapter number 10. Actually, I'm sorry. Go to, let me walk you up three scriptures because I'm probably not going to quote a lot of scriptures tonight because it takes time to really turn to them all. I mean, I probably won't turn to a lot of them because I want to get as much information to you tonight as possible. But I want to quote these three. Demons are just screaming tonight. Proverbs 12, I mean Genesis 12, Deuteronomy 8, and then Proverbs 10. I'm going to lay this foundation. And then I've even got a PowerPoint because I wanted you to have it so you can meditate on it. Genesis 12. And then we're going to look at one verse in Genesis 13, but we're just going to flip the page on it, okay? So Genesis 12, Deuteronomy 8. And then Proverbs 10, 22. This is, of course, the Lord, Genesis 12, 1. Now the Lord had said to Abraham, get out of your country from your family, from your father's house to a land that I will show you. And I will make you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. Boy, that's strong. <laughs> and I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Now, that last phrase is what I want you to focus on. And in you shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Now, how is that going to happen? Without having to explain a lot tonight, 
because like I said, I'm going to give you so much you're going to have to meditate on and just get down in you. He's talking about the blessing that I'm going to put on you to start to be a blessing in the earth is going to extend to everybody on the earth from something that comes from within you. So now we know what he's talking about. Jesus is that something that is coming in you in which all the families of the earth will be blessed. So the blessing that is on Abraham and his family, God says it's going to be on every family. <laughs> it's go, I, I, I'm going to extend this to everybody. How are you going to do that? Through Christ. Because Christ was the seed of Abraham. So that tells me that the blessing of Abraham is released also in Christ. Because if you be Christ, you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So he says, I'm going to bless you, you're going to bless and then I'm going to start something you where all the families of the earth are going to be blessed, and Christ brought us all in. So now that tells me God wants you blessed. Okay, one, Genesis 13, this blessing kicks in. Verse number one, then Abram went up from Egypt, he and his wife, and all that he had, and Lot went with him to the south, and Abram was very rich in livestock, in silver, and in gold. See, I, I think the Bible put that in there because he, he wasn't rich in joy. <laughs> you, he ain't talking about no, he ain't talking about no, no, he was very rich in peace. No, no, no. He was very rich in livestock, silver, and gold. So he had earthly rich. Now, the reason I bring that verse up, it's because God is the first person to mention rich. And God is the first person to make Abraham rich. He has to be rich to be the blessing that God told him he would be. And then Christ had to be rich to be the blessing that God has called him to be to us. So now this whole thing about wealth didn't start with preachers. It, it didn't start with Word of Faith. It didn't start with Kenneth Copeland, the late, great Fred Price. It didn't start with none of these men. It started with God and Adam. And then God and Noah. And then God and Abraham. And then from Abraham to everybody. So now it is clear that God wants you rich. That's the Bible. Now, Deuteronomy 8, and you have to have no doubt about it. I mean, you, 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 boy, some, somebody getting it, man, because my spirit is dancing. My spirit ain't grieved tonight. So, 
I mean, you, you know when people are getting it. You know, they can fake it, but you can feel it. You understand? But there, there's somebody getting this tonight. Woo-wee! So God started this. Abraham didn't ask for it. God started it. Now look at Deuteronomy 8. The children of Israel are coming out of bondage, and look what the Lord said. He says uh, uh, many things, you know. He says uh, basically the command is it's just don't forget me. When I bring you out and bring you in, don't forget me. You know, remember what it was like in Egypt. Remember when you was in bondage and I led you through the wilderness and all that. And then he gets to verse number 18. And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he, 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 the Lord, it is he that giveth you the power to get wealth. It is he that did it. That he may establish his covenant which he swore to your fathers as it is to this day. Y'all don't, y'all do not hear me. Y'all did, y'all did not understand that verse. He says, y'all were born as slaves, but I had a covenant of wealth over you. You were in bondage, slaves. And that's why when I brought you out, you didn't come out empty-handed. One of the things that we do not talk about enough about Passover, I said it the other night when I was preaching, and the whole church went up dancing and shouting. Because not only did they come out of Egypt, but they came out with all of Egypt's stuff. God wanted the enemy not just drowned, but dispossessed. He shut down a whole system with Pharaoh and gave all the wealth to the children of Israel, and they walked out. Hallelujah. Now, why didn't God just bring them out? Because God had a covenant with Abraham to make them wealthy. Glory to God. Why? You can't be no blessing broke. God wanted to use them to be the distribution center in the earth. And so he says, I promised Abraham that I would make you wealthy. I promised that covenant over him. It's over your lives. So when you come into all of this, don't forget me. It's the only thing I'm asking you. Don't don't forget it. It was me that gave you the power to get it. I want you to have it. I gave it to you. Just don't forget the giver. And I'm going to show you how not to do that. And then one last verse, and then we're going to throw up the PowerPoint. Proverbs 10, 22. Oh, we. (laughs) I don't know why in the world I'm feeling old. Man, my spirit is, good Lord. The blessing of the Lord. The blessing of who? Makes one rich and adds no sorrow with it. The next time you hear God doesn't want everybody rich, That's a lie. 
I just gave you three verses. That prosperity gospel, there ain't nothing to it. It ain't the gospel. It ain't this because people, first of all, don't have revelation. But then, too, they've seen the way the world handles wealth. But that ain't what we're talking about. We're talking about covenant wealth, and it is yours. Now, here is what the Lord shared with me, and this is what the tragedy would be. You already got a covenant with it. It'd be a shame for you to have it and still not have it. Because this ain't nothing God is trying to do in your life. This is a covenant already made through Abraham and through Christ concerning you. And so it's like you got all of this stored up for you and you decide you don't want it. Now, you can do that. But as for me and my house, <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, yeah, we're going to get it because we want to do kingdom business. So tonight I want to talk to you about kingdom currency, and I want to give you a definition of that, and I want you to go ahead and throw the PowerPoint up there, and I want you to screenshot this because this is your, I mean, your template for life, and I'm going to explain these things. My faith is on another level because I'm seeing manifestation on another level. So anytime you get manifestation on another level, it just picks your faith up and more and more and more. So what is kingdom currency? Kingdom currency is God's system of provision in the earth realm. Everything you need is in the earth. You just need to understand God's system of how to get it to you. And so that's my definition of kingdom currency. How does this wealth that we have, we know it's ours. We know God blessed Abraham. We know God blessed Christ. We know in Abraham all the founders of the earth are going to be blessed. We know the blessing of the Lord maketh rich. We know he wanted us to have wealth. He wanted to give us the power to get it. In Christ, we're even more blessed, I mean, than, than we were in Abraham because he owns everything. I mean, he has authority. So now, just because it's ours doesn't mean it's just going to fall on us. We know that. And so how, how does God get it to us? How, and that's why I said currency. How does it flow? How, how do we get it? These are seven things. Now, this is a pretty comprehensive list. But I, I dare not think that these are the only seven. But I believe these are the main seven things that you have to have checked in your life if you want to get in kingdom currency. Now, listen, y'all, I'm not, I'm not just talking about going to work and getting paychecks and retiring. Now, the kingdom will use this system. But this is a up and down, in and out system. It can't be trusted. We need a kingdom system that you can get in one day what it would take you a month to earn. Y'all didn't hear what I said. <laughs> Which means you can get in one month what it took a year to earn. I mean, it is a system like never before this system will get you wealthy 
This system is, is what God wants us operating in in the earth realm. So now we talk about kingdom currency. You have to understand there's always two types of orders in the earth. There is the kingdom of God and there's the kingdom of this world. Jesus said to seek first the kingdom of heaven, which means what is God's way of provision? How does he provide? So number one, these are revelations and these are are, uh, not just revelations, but these are foundations for you to make sure that you function by in order to see continual provision coming into your life. Hallelujah. Number one, you have to understand the blessing. Genesis chapter number one, verse number 26, God instituted that. The blessing. God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. And then he goes on and says, let them have dominion over the earth. And then he gives them the command. He wants them to be fruitful, multiply, and replenish, and subdue the earth. And then he institutes this thing called the blessing. And God blessed them. And then you see the blessing of the Lord maketh rich. And God blessed Abraham, and you shall be a blessing. And this blessing, this blessing, this blessing on Isaac, Abraham, what is this blessing? First of all, you got to have this over your life because the blessing comes from God. It is God's benediction over you. And what the blessing is, it is the endowment with the capacity to be fruitful or the endowment with the capacity to bring forth or to become or to manifest. And so this blessing is almost like it's, it's until God has spoken over you, I bless you. Woo, my God. You're not endowed to bring forth. To provide. So this blessing is the, Kenneth Copeland said it like this, it's the empowerment to prosper. In other words, the seed, when God puts it in the ground, he blesses it, which means he gives it the power to become, to become fruit, to multiply, to grow. It's like the power to produce. When he told the woman he wanted her to be fruitful and multiply, he had to bless her. And when he blessed her, he gave her the power to receive seed. To be able to bring forth a child. It's, it's the ability to bring into manifestation what God decreed and desired and planned. This blessing has to be on your life. Now here's the good news. How do you get it? If you in Christ, the blessing has been pronounced over your life. Now you remember in, Genesis, in, 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 Deuteronomy, in, in Deuteronomy 28 when he says all these blessings shall come on you and then all these curses shall come on you if you don't hearken diligently. So now you know the blessing by the curse. Can you define a curse? It's something that barren, it won't produce, it's, it's failing, it's, it's just wicked, it's it's just, man, darkness, poverty. It's just, when a woman couldn't bring forth, she was called cursed because it means she couldn't produce. Now, I want you to think about something. God says, you need my blessing. 
Because without it, you can't produce. If I don't endorse you, I don't care what you do, I won't get behind it. So this blessing is the endorsement of heaven on your life. Who? Good God. Y'all, I, I, I'm trying to be calm, but, but God has blessed you. You are blessed. I don't want to hear nothing about Texarkana. What has Texarkana got to do with your ability to bring forth, to produce? I don't care nothing about being black. What does that got to do with anything? I don't care about being a single parent. Come on, I'm just talking about all these excuses. I don't care nothing about your education. No, when God blesses you, you are endowed to prosper. That's why he said whatever you put your hands to, fruit just pops out of it. Man, when the blessing on your life, even stuff you just stumble into doing starts working. Because it is God's empowerment over your life. Now, why is this key? Because God instituted this in Adam and Eve. He blessed them, which means this is his method of being in partnership with you in the earth realm. Whatever I've commanded you to do, I bless you to do it. Good God. And then God pulled Abraham out of nowhere, said, leave your country, your kindred, don't bring nothing. Don't, you don't need nothing. I'm going to bless you. <laughs> and when he blessed him, the next chapter, and Abram was very rich. It's just something about this endorsement you got to have over your life. If God don't empower you, you can work, you can go to school, you can get five jobs. And it looks like you're just putting it money in your pocket with holes in it. Because without this blessing on your life, Especially in this earth, you ain't going to prosper. Now, you can make it by in a worldly system, but you're not going to prosper. So you got to believe I'm blessed. Say it, I'm blessed. Now, that means there can't be no excuses. Oh, God. That means you can't be walking around talking. No excuses. You're blessed. Nothing is more powerful than that blessing. God's backing you. So who cares if don't nobody want you, like you, agree with you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, what, man, when you believe in that blessing, you don't, you don't make no excuses. You don't be talking about all that stuff. Because it doesn't mean anything. God plucked Abraham out and blessed him. Hallelujah. So you got to believe you're endowed with God's blessing on your life. I'm blessed. So now you got to have faith for that. I'm blessed. Therefore, when I honor God and walk upright, do what I need to do, it has to prosper. I have to prosper. 
I'm blessed. <laughs> so now that's first. Now, how do you keep that blessing on your life? Because it's very clear you can lose it. <laughs> yeah, you can lose it. You can lose God's validation. You can lose God's endowment to prosper your life. So I, I at all costs, I got to keep this blessing on me. The good news for you and I is that we can't hardly lose it because we in Christ. God blessed him and we are in him. But there are some things that can hinder it from manifesting in your life. Disobedience. This is why you got you to gotta try your best to walk upright to keep the blessing on your life. You got to obey God. You got to live right before God. You got to honor God with your life if you want this blessing. Because when Adam sinned, he lost the blessing. And so we want it to stay on our lives. And we want it functioning. The good news is you can repent. You can get back in alignment. This is first, y'all. I got to do this first because you got a whole bunch of folks sowing and sinning. And allowing the devil to just stop everything God's trying to do in their life. Because God ain't going to empower you to keep sinning. You understand? It's like you walk right out from under the benefits of being blessed. Because everything you're doing, you're short-circuiting it. You're, 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 You're bringing the curse in. It's not that God stopped blessing you. It's just you bringing in so many curses in your life. You can't even see no benefits of it. So, so we have to keep that blessing working. I have to walk in love. I have to walk in obedience. I have to honor God and honor God's word. I got to keep this blessing functioning. All right? I'm in Christ. So now, once you get that established as a mentality, as a mindset, that the blessing is on me, the blessing is on my purpose, it's on my life, it's on what God has called me to do. Now you got to understand the principle of the tithe. Now, boy, the tithe, according to Malachi, is crucial for this blessing. It's like if you don't understand the tithe, The word of God says the blessing of God over your life will be hindered. What is the tithe? Let's settle this forever. Should I tithe? Should I not tithe? It it will be so clear if you understand what it is. Two minutes, listen to me. The tithe didn't start with Melchizedek. That's what most people say. Is it old covenant? Do we have to keep it in new covenant? Well, it was before the new co- old covenant because Abraham paid tithes to Melchizedek and he hadn't even instituted, you know, the, the, the law yet. But it didn't even start in Melchizedek. It didn't even start with Abraham. It started in the garden. Okay, let me show it to you real, real quick. You don't have to turn there. Just, just I, I want you to think about something. It's, it's much deeper than, than giving money. Are giving stuff. Genesis chapter number four, just remember this. 
Oh, throw it up on the screen. <laughs> Genesis chapter number four, verses number one through four. I'm going to explain this real quick. Genesis one through four. It says, and Adam knew his wife and she conceived and bore Cain and said, I have acquired a man of the Lord. Then she bore again, this time his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of sheep. Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. And Abel also brought of the fruit of the firstborn of his flock, underline that or just make note of that, and of the, and of the fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering, but he did not respect Cain and his offering, and Cain was very angry and his countenance fell. Now, can I ask you the million-dollar question? How did, how did that get instituted? That the very first people on planet Earth are bringing offerings to the Lord. Who could have set that up? We're dealing with a principle here that God established. This didn't even start with Abraham. It didn't even start with the law. This is some kind of way. The very first people God created, he said, you got to bring me something. What do you have to bring me, God? The first. I have to be first. And so the very first time they brought an offering, Cain blew it. I know why God didn't reject his offering, because it wasn't the first. It wasn't the best. But Abel brought the firstborn. He didn't bring no same. He said, the very first sheep that pop out of here is going to God because God had to have set that up that way that the first belongs to me the tithe ain't got nothing to do with money it's got to do with God belongs first God said if I ain't one don't even bring it to me so this has to do with honor. This ain't about money. The tithe meaning the tenth. That's what the word tithe means. The tenth, which means God must says the tenth is the first. It represents the first. And so whatever you get, God says, I want to be first. Now, he has the right to ask for 50% of it or 90% of it. But he just says, all I want to do is be recognized first for whatever you get. I want to be worshipped first. I want to be honored first. That's all the tithe is. It is putting God first. When you understand that, you will do it gladly, reverently. Uh, because hey, Does he belong second, third? But, I, but my bills are due. Does he belong after Swepco? But I'm hungry. Does he belong after your groceries? 
No, call a fast. Say, we just won't eat today, but I got to make him first. And when people don't tithe or they steal it or don't, they are dishonoring God. How you going to be blessed? Dishonoring the blesser. Who gave you just a simple command, just make me first. Just the first tenth, the firstborn, the first whatever. The, the first fruit come out that ground. Cain should have ran to the Lord with it. But he didn't. I don't know what he brought, but it wasn't first. It wasn't honorable. God says, I don't want that. You probably picked over it and ate a little bit and everything before you brought it to me. I don't want that. And then he mad. And God's like, if you do right, that's right, I love it. It's right there in your Bible. God, God looked at Cain and said, why are you angry? If you do well, will it not be accepted? You don't get to pick how you bring it. Are you listening to me, church? You don't get to pick how you bring it. So forget about the law. Forget about Melchizedek. Forget about Malachi. All those arguments are mute. This started in the book of Genesis. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is crucial. That's why in Malachi he says, you robbed everybody. I mean, bring me the tithe and see when I open up the window. Pour you out a blessing. Just make me first. It ain't about your stuff. I don't need it. God's in heaven. God don't need no corn. God don't need no money. God needs honor and respect to say whatever we have, I'm going to honor you first. Ooh, lift your hands and receive that. Let that get way deep down in. And those of you watching me or if you're in this room and you've been, been disrespecting, dishonoring God, just repent. Because this is the connection to the blessing. He says, if you make me first, that blessing will come. I'll open up a window. I'll pull you out of blessing. You will have room enough to receive. You honor me, you love me, you keep me first. That's the first commandment. And Adam couldn't keep it, and he died. Cursed the whole family. But now he teaches them what evidently the Lord taught him, because evidently he couldn't keep his hands off of what belonged to the Lord. And then Cain does the same thing. And so this, okay, put the PowerPoint back up. Oh, this is good stuff. I'm trying to get a flow coming to your life. He has to be first, y'all. He has to be first, period. That's the tithe. I pray you were blessed by today's podcast. Take a moment and subscribe to it and review it and share it with someone else so that we can stay connected. Be blessed.